Welcome everyone to this week's episode on Inquisitor's Odyssey. We're your hosts, Sam and Tawanda. This week, we're tackling identity politics and how it affects almost everything in our lives, the way we think about the issues and the people around us. It can be confusing and seem counterintuitive, considering the diversity of thought and the outlook that people have, but does it have any merits and what can we possibly understand or learn from it? So to begin with this conversation, we first need to understand what exactly is identity politics or what does it refer to? And um, if Eddie, you'd like to do the honors. So the term identity politics is not an easy term to pin down, but it's generally referring to this tendency that people have of forming these exclusive political alliances that concern themselves only with, let's say, their their particular race or religion or whatever other issue and moving away from a more collective way of viewing group politics. So it's kind of like identifying yourself as a certain political group. So does it have to be specifically politics related to politics or it could be just like the way i see politics is everything though our whole lives revolve around some kind of politics well yeah that is true and i mean it is called identity politics so yeah yeah i think that's what's really polarizing people when it comes to politics it's their unwavering support for their group their identity even when they can seek some sort of flaw they just believe that it's the way to go forward and they just stick with it through thick and thin which sounds nice i guess if it was a, like a marriage or something but then i feel like you shouldn't really stick to ideas that much yeah i think the way it's been most characterized is you know people develop this as versus them way of viewing things so it's always if you're on my side then i agree with you and probably what you're saying is right and we're the good guys and everyone else they're the bad guys like we need to rally ourselves against them and you always view the opposite side as not really understanding your position i think that's maybe the defining point of it which is that we understand ourselves as a group and everyone else doesn't understand us so you can't speak about something that affects us because you don't understand us yeah and sometimes i think it gets to a point where it's not just that the other person can't understand you they feel like they're against you and they're trying to bring you down and they're doing their ultimate best to just derail your plans and i don't know make the a world of a worse place than it was before and i feel like that really disconnects people because i mean in politics you're trying to i mean specifically to a specific country you're trying to see what works better and you either talk and you compromise but then it gets to a point where you're like no we gotta kick these guys out and make sure our idea sticks no matter what without any conversation but do you feel like there's any possibility that we can 
avoid this falling into these identity groups like obviously we all have to identify with something do you agree with that i think it does give us a sense of purpose and we feel more comfortable knowing you know who our allies are and who our enemies are and we try to make it so simple and so clear for ourselves and that's tempting and i'm sure that's part of our nature but i mean the world <laughs> i feel like the world is way more complicated than that it's like if some person doesn't agree with you on one topic doesn't mean they fit into this small category of people that don't agree on certain specific things that person has their own idea and their own perception of the world as you do and they might not agree with some things that you associate a group with and then they might agree with some other group's idea and then they might not agree with some other group's idea it's just so dynamic and so different that i think maybe there's no way around it but being aware that people are different and they don't they don't all just fit into this box would be the first way or the first thing to do to like move away from it i think okay so the way i'm understanding this you're saying we should try to resist this impulse to like extrapolate from one view let's say i tell you that i support i don't know feminism right and then you want to use that statement to build this whole image of what box i should fall into you already want to know you probably come to a conclusion about how i'm gonna view issues of religion sexuality race all of that just from that one view yeah exactly it's like you hear somebody's for feminism and they're like oh these left-wing liberals whatever whatever they're taking over or something oh relax i just i just set up for feminism like nothing else i mean i'm sure they they rationalize it and maybe the times that they've tried to box somebody in maybe they've fit the description so it's tempting i'm sure and i guess it's not unreasonable to think you can maybe guess which way somebody's leaning from a few points they make but it doesn't always like stick yeah so do you think this is in any way different from stereotyping though because I've always had this feeling that stereotypes develop for a reason. If people are going to see someone who's as a for feminism and it's not going to be I don't want to say it's not going to be difficult but it would be a bit easier to guess what other things they might be in support of or their views on certain other issues. Yeah, true. They have that idea for a reason because probably most people they met that were for that were for a certain idea also for these other ideas or this idea is being pushed by a certain group a lot more than other groups and they feel like yeah if you're if you associate yourself with this idea then you probably associate yourself with this group and like you said yeah i agree i think st- I think stereotypes do exist for a reason and I mean sometimes they do fit 
some stereotypical assumptions that you have about somebody could be true but i'm not sure that applies for everybody right yeah probably it's not gonna apply for everybody and i would say it's not the best way to go around dealing with people and i do feel like this is where identity politics goes wrong which is it turns into this laziness to actually pay attention to what someone thinks or believes or what they're trying to say right you just assume that from that one view that they have or who they are for example you know that whole i think was in the last in the u.s election when joe biden was accused of having said you're not black if you don't vote for me right that assumption that well you are black so you should view certain issues this way kind of thing yeah yeah exactly Uh, i can get that unwillingness to not be able to like go through a a person's every thought with a fine comb like to see where they lie on the spectrum which i don't feel like well especially in the u.s there's left and right i've heard arguments where it's not exactly about being left or right it's like this spectrum there's a spectrum between left and right and it's where you lean towards yeah. you're not exactly like left or right but then maybe you're left leaning or like you're right leaning so that in and of itself acknowledges i guess that you, you your ideas can just lean towards a certain side but then you're not like the left or like you're not the right have some ideas that might be considered by the society as like to the left or to the right and of course yeah it is i guess stereotypical to assume <laughs> that if you're black exactly. then you have to vote for democrat or like you have to be left you have to be on the left yeah but we i don't know if you grew up with the saying you know people are made of places but that was something i always heard when i was growing up and it was always just something that was obvious that you can tell a lot about a person by where they're from but i feel like the internet is deconstructing this in a way well that's actually i think the first time i've heard that phrase people are made of oh places. really that's interesting yeah yeah that does make sense that does make sense people are made of places what I'm tempted to say is like even well yeah obviously even from the same you can come from the same place but have like different ideas I prefer to think it's people are made of experiences everything is about experience if somebody has a certain idea it's probably based on what they experienced what they've seen in their lives whether whether it's like decision to believe that way or like subconsciously they've experienced something that has been affecting them their whole life or things like that but as you said yeah the internet is definitely disrupting all of those things because you get so much information from so many places it's like yeah I definitely think if people were made of places before they're not <laughs> yeah because I feel like there was always a sense in which if you're from the same place you know you grew up in the same town same village or whatever 
you're gonna have the same experiences you've seen more or less the same things and that's true it's gonna be pretty difficult for your views to be that far apart like they they would probably differ i mean that's expected but beyond that it's not gonna be so polarized that you might as well be seeing a completely different reality yeah i can agree with that well i I can't really guarantee how they would process those experiences i feel like that's what makes them different well yeah you're not gonna get the same person as you said but then yeah i agree it's not gonna be historically different from the other person that you grew up with but you know i think so like if you're let's say your father i mean not your father but then somebody's father (laughs) uh, was a, a drunk let's say yeah and he had two kids so one kid would say you know never again i'll never like uh, the father starts beating his wife when he gets home he's a drunkard he's like yeah i'll never be a drunk i will never be like my father and then the other kid could could easily also say like you know my grad my dad was a drunk so I, that's why i'm a drunk he could he could be the drunk yeah like, yeah i've had a dr- I have, i've had a rough childhood you know my father was a drunk too so you're like yeah i get that but then also you can also get when somebody says you know my father was a drunk like i've learned what not to be this is what i'm never gonna be in my life and i think that's what identity politics ignores the sense in which we all process things differently right so you could have someone who's grown up in the exact same society in the same environment seeing more or less the same things and you might find that those two people especially today i think that's more extreme but something like racism there are certain people who would tell you that of course like it's obvious you know everywhere you look you see racism then another person would say but do you though and they're gonna see that in a different way and what probably happens with this falling back into identity politics is that person who's not seeing things the same way becomes you know part of the problem if you've heard the saying or you know people start to say why can't you see this because this is so obvious like why don't you see this then you probably become the enemy yeah exactly i think the problem starts when the person that doesn't agree with you starts becoming your enemy per se and i've yeah i've definitely heard the term <laughs> you're part of the problem because i can i can i can understand it i guess i can see where that's coming from but it definitely starts building this wall between people it's like gotta cut away or cut ties with these kind of people that i don't agree with they're part of the problem they're they're making this thing worse without acknowledging that i mean that's an alternative way to process those ideas that you you both experienced or like those experiences that you both had i don't think there should ever be a point where you just block yourself from any other idea because you know it could be it could be true like 
give it a chance, I guess. But if you, if you always feel like the other side is telling just their side of the story, it becomes a like a back and forth, you know, like a game of tennis. It's not really I'm trying to hear what you think and you're trying to hear what I think. It's more of you're trying to force me to see the world the way you do and I have to force you to see the world the way I do. And when it comes down, I understand why, let's say with racial issues or just most social issues, it's so difficult to get through that veil of us versus them because you always feel like if the other person is not supposed especially if you feel like you're the oppressed group it always feels like if another person is not supporting you then they're automatically supporting the oppressor and in most cases you find that people feel like the oppression is pretty obvious like whether it's racial oppression or gender-based or any of that they always the people who are in those situations are gonna feel like this is so self-evident that even an attempt by another person to explain it and i do also get that feeling where you know even something as simple as a person being shot in the streets or like an innocent unarmed black person being shot in the streets you find that people still have that impulse to say but doesn't you say I don't think there's a reason for your but, but I do try to entertain to hear what exactly they have to say. But I feel like it's not easy, though. Yeah, I agree. It's not easy. And yeah, when in those social issues where there's an oppressor and the oppressed, it's, it's hard to not agree with the victim. Because I guess if you don't, with the victim you're instantly categorized as enemy you don't don't victim blame and things like that it's tricky yeah it's tricky and at the same time you don't want to i guess just you don't want you're not necessarily trying to blame the victims but i can understand when you're like okay should we dissect this issue and see what happened and see if there's any to what people are saying or do you like just like is your instinct to just side with the victim and then that's it yeah but actually to go back to something that you mentioned because i just thought about this and if you see the way people say let's say if you are like we said if you support feminism or any of those left-wing or left-leaning movements then they're gonna put you on the left but I feel like if you actually look pretty closely, you might find that there's so much disagreement on the left because even the quote-unquote left has devolved into this polarized identity in this place where it's not really about we the left, but it's, you know, these tiny groups that are on the left side of the political spectrum, but even they don't even agree like they are all probably in a way squabbling or just looking out for themselves right so you would have a situation where an example could be what are they called turfs i'm forgetting what it stands for like extreme feminists were accused of being transphobic right so one would view these movements as 
so they're supposed to be working together you know they're both historically oppressed groups lgbtq and women right yeah so yeah so but they're being accused of being transphobic yeah i i know like jk rowling was basically the poster child for that in this year because she was accused of being anti like being transphobic because she was she wrote a whole thing about you know women being women and it was a whole thing yeah. yeah i think she said like trans women saying they're actually women takes away from the i guess the ordeals and the challenges that women have faced and they haven't kind of thing or something like that yeah i think it was something like that i don't i remember it was she was responding to this article that said um okay i don't want to lie cuz i do, i remember there was something about women like people who menstruate then she responded to that and she said well they're called women and that's how this the back and forth started <laughs> because there were those who were saying not all people menstruate are women and not all women menstruate so the gender issues and i really don't know what to say about that but for as long as we've known yeah i guess there are certain ideas that we have of men and women gender in general we're seeing that being broken down so i guess there will be some people that feel like we've gone too far or well i guess the tendency to start receding and you know like being a bit more conservative about it keeping the old way or their way yeah but mm, i can't i can't really say jk rowling was being transphobic and that's the thing that really irks me as well it's like what does it mean to be transphobic can you can you explain that to me is there anything you could say about what does it mean to be transphobic what does it mean to be racist I feel like the problem with those terms is that they're so dynamic, you know, like I remember we were talking about this a few days ago about the idea that let's say black people can't be racist. And that just comes down to how people are defining these terms because sometimes it could be the exact same action being perpetrated by someone on one side and someone on another side and it's going to be perceived differently like if a black person used a racial slur like for example i remember this has actually been a big issue which they were saying might be what's leading to this extreme polarization in the usa which is that the term redneck is thrown around like it's just you know it's okay to say that like no one cares even politicians say that on you know platforms where they would never say the n word and there are those who feel like those two words should be on the same because it's still a like a racial profiling kind of language and they are not a fan of that there are those who feel like that word should be treated in the same way as people treat the n word don't say it so yeah i do feel like those terms are dynamic because sometimes you want to act like if it's one of the oppressed groups doing something to like saying 
using one of like a racial slur or something on the oppressor then it's okay but when the roles are reversed then it's racism which it makes it very difficult yeah it really does i think it really does make it difficult i mean yeah this generation we can't even decide on what the term means it's like if you're gonna accuse somebody of it and if it's gonna make them basically radioactive you just don't want to get near them or like you don't want to hire them you know because they they're racist or they're transphobic you know like we don't stand with racism we don't stand with transphobia and if you're gonna accuse that if you're gonna accuse a person of that you better be damn well sure about it or at least have something of significance but then we can't even agree on what the word means like but that that's frustrating i think yeah i feel like that came from this a recent emphasis on like personal experience right if i feel like i've been racially abused then you know for someone else to tell me that i wasn't it's especially if they're on the side of the oppressor right they always say well you as the oppressor you're not gonna see how your actions affect me because well you know they're normalized and that's where i feel like identity politics that's the foundation upon which it builds itself which is we are the ones who've experienced this thing whether it's we the black people or we the women or members of the lgbtq community we've experienced this and you haven't you are the perpetrator you are the oppressor and for you to tell me that no this isn't sexual harassment it's like no what do you know how can you know what i feel so i think that's what identity politics builds itself upon this lived experience this emphasis on lived experience yeah true and you it's it's still that us against them or me against them there's the oppressed and there's the oppressor who's who's actively trying to put you down and well i think we talked about it last time as well and i did mention how there is that double standard where you know people say you can't really tell people what they're experiencing or you can't tell people what they're feeling because it's their lived experience and it's their feeling but as you mentioned there are certain terms that white people that obviously are supposed to be the bad guys you know because of what their ancestors did and their feelings aren't taken into consideration when they don't want certain terms to be hurled at them so it feels like everything we say is selective and it's selective towards people we consider to be oppressed or minorities but i mean we're all humans here and i don't get how we don't really take people's feeling into consideration for their skin color you know that's what's happening and it baffles me to say this but i don't know what the difference is between that and you know pure racism i think what has happened now is that we've built these echo chambers where it's just me in this place surrounded by all the people who say the things i agree with and well we're constantly agreeing with each other saying yes definitely and we never get to understand what the other side feels or experiences because you know we say the opinion on the matter doesn't matter so 
in that same sense you might find that a lot of maybe black people might not consider using a term that white people don't like as offensive or as racism because they've just been in this place where they're surrounded by people who've experienced what they term to be racism and they've all agreed that yes definitely this is racism and we can't be racist because we are the oppressed and they never get to hear what the other side thinks or feels but i do think that taking people's feelings into consideration is important because we are at the end of the day subjective beings who are more or less governed by what we feel we may want to say we think of things rationally we use reason but at the end of the day if i feel like people who are like me are being targeted then i'm more likely to gravitate towards backing that up yeah i think what identity politics just shows is that everyone is trying to be in a place where they're doing what's best for people who are like them mm, that's true and i think now the problem is that we've made those we've made that so narrow the way we define people who are like us right so it's not you know me and i don't know all the other black people but it's now black women or black members of the lgbtq or uneducated black men or something you know that kind of thing wait the, these groups are shrinking so much that even even politics as as we're seeing now it's yeah like if you're black and you're a republican you're another racist term exactly. yeah that's associated with black people going towards white people. oh that one <laughs> which i don't prefer to say obviously but you know what i mean yeah yeah they can dish out those insults to people that don't agree with them politically as well yeah it's always like i can dish out all these insults to the oppressor because they are the oppressor they should be able to take it yeah like i said we're all humans uh, in the end as you said it's if it's about feelings then i don't get why being white means that you don't have feelings Maybe some people listening to this would also be why is he defending white people? <laughs> why are you he defending white people? people? Yeah, it's like I'm not defending anybody. It's why does it feel like I'm defending? I'm just saying they they can also be offended and if we're going to see racism happen all over again, then I mean, I feel like I have to say something about it. It's like you're replacing the oppressor now like so what does it mean so is it when say when black people will have their equal standing in the american society and be respected and then it's like yeah after that now, now the power dynamic is chill like it's when it's all leveled out then you take their feeling into consideration or does the years and years of conditioning and making it all right to say those things just makes it like a normal thing but i think i can say the same thing to the other side too because while i i would obviously say if people like if you look at the black lives matter movement right there were people who were opposing that movement and they were enraged they're saying oh these people are protesting they are destroying property and everything and i think there was a, an impulse to not take into account the feelings of how 
a group of people would feel about constantly seeing people who look like them unarmed being killed by police and nothing happens if you have to live with that constantly you have to live in fear and i remember seeing this clip of children and like black students in school middle school kids being taught how to behave around police if they don't want to get killed if you have to grow up in a world where that becomes normal then i think you have to understand the rage of those people to say no we're not gonna make it so that this becomes normalized so that it becomes about them right it becomes about black people learning how to talk to police or something so when the other side doesn't recognize that of course these people are going to be angry from what they have to constantly see and be subjected to then you can't really have a discussion in that kind of environment where neither side wants to recognize that the other side might be justified in feeling the way they feel yeah i get that i'm not saying i'm not saying people that were enraged about the blm justified i'm just saying i'm just pointing out that there were a lot of white people marching with the blm movement so it's like we're talking about racism here you're generalizing a group of people based on their skin color you're like white people the other side you know the oppressors and then there's still people that march with the blm and that really support the black lives matter movement but you won't hesitate to go behind their back and say the words that they don't want you to say you can still be an advocate for blm and be offended by racial slur that you know maybe not being called a cracker say <laughs> like yeah you can i mean this is the level of comfortable that i feel because nobody really takes their feelings into consideration and i mean i'm sorry for whoever this offense but then those are terms that maybe they don't like to be called and if, if i don't get why it's so hard to not say to just you know take their feelings into consideration I think there's just a sense in which people become so apathetic to how other people feel. Like especially when now we've got this the group dynamic where it's like, hey, look, my group has been oppressed, so we have a right to be angry. We have a right to be enraged by all of this. But you as the oppressor, you don't get to feel anything because you are the oppressor. You shouldn't be angry if we if we push back because I think there will always be that emotional response that people would have and to then decide that well because you have been historically the oppressors so if we push back against you we can do it however we want and you can and I could be wrong I could be wrong in saying that that's how they feel but like if you look at there's a radical feminism right you see there are women who would openly say you know the world would be so much better without men and that is hurtful like i'm gonna be honest when i see that it's not a very nice thing to hear because you've got this weight of yes there are terrible men out there but that whole weight of them and their actions just gets put on your shoulders like you're part of that problem when realistically speaking maybe you're not not even close and 
it makes it so hard to want to support people and i think that's also another thing because now with identity politics it's like we don't even need your support right like we are this group we all we've come together and everyone else we don't need you we are okay on our own but i do feel like if we're gonna make the world better we have to be working together yeah and i'm guessing some women saying you know kill all men i guess that's not really sexist yeah it's supposed to be you know like men should be able to handle it because you know they they're all rape they're they're rapists i guess when they say all men are rapists and you should never believe them men are trash i guess yeah men are trash you know people say white trash every like all the time exactly yeah i guess i guess i i'm i'm supposed to be an oppressor I'm just supposed to accept. It's fine if people think that everybody of my my I mean my gender, my sex. I don't even know at this point, but then <laughs> they should all die. And that's not sexist because I guess you're like redefining it to be like it's the oppressed. Like the power dynamic. Say these things. Makes it so that the only the oppressed. I mean, only the oppressor can be, let's say, racist or sexist, but the oppressed can't be. And that's the thing. I don't know how to feel about that. The thing is, it becomes this whole good versus bad dynamic. So we as the oppressed, like, quote unquote, not like we as in me, but they would say we as the oppressed, we're the good guys, you know, so obviously we can't be racist or we can't be sexist because we're the good guys but them you know they're the oppressors they're all evil so whatever they even when they try to defend themselves or justify themselves it's well you're evil so even your justification is from this is from a place of malice like you want to you want to oppress us that's what you want and anything you say is just geared towards keeping you in this position where you can stay as the oppressor yeah i understand it comes from a really emotional place where obviously they're feeling really hard done by a lot of things that certain group of people do i mean i would just go gonna go around in circles do you think there will be a time where I mean, like we'll all we'll all be in the same I don't even know what to call it on the same like level field and there won't be anybody that's considered an oppressor or the oppressed I mean I mean our 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 ancestors history is gonna live with us our whole lives pretty much we'll always be like yeah remember that time your kind did this to my kind so I can hate you, but I mean, even if I'm a bitter, emotional person, then yeah, you can't hate me because that would just confirm everybody's bias that yeah, you're an oppressor. There's nothing in their, in somebody's DNA or like in their essence to be an oppressor. It's just you know everybody's capable of that. It's just that their ancestors did it. 
everybody's like waiting on them to start doing it again or something like that i think if you look at recent years you can see that from this identity politics we've developed this impulse to valorize being a victim so everyone like everyone wants to be the victim that's why i don't feel like there's gonna come a time where they won't be any oppressed group because it seems that the more we take these oppressed groups and they're given the rights that they've been deprived of for so long and their position in society improves there's gonna keep being these new breakaway groups right and so it keeps splitting into these smaller and smaller groups that are gonna claim no we are oppressed we need to be given the the recognition that we deserve you know we have rights we have dignity and we deserve that and it's like smaller groups and smaller groups and i won't say everyone wants to be part of an oppressed group but people are constantly trying to find a group to belong to an identity that's constantly shrinking and claiming to be more oppressed than everyone else an example would be for so long it was women you know women we've been oppressed we need to get equality you know that's you know from the roots of feminism and then at some point there was a split which was oh you know white women you guys are privileged but black women were more oppressed than white women so black <laughs> women are more oppressed and then now now it became lesbian black women or you know we are more oppressed than other women you know like you're better you know at least you just you're not part of this more oppressed group than we are and what happens is this fragmentation you know you're not all fighting for what's best for women anymore you're now fighting for what's best for these really small groups and it makes it hard to actually form a coherent movement if everyone's just looking out for their own tiny group I suppose that's controversial to say oh because yeah everybody every group of people that feel oppressed they're like yeah i mean you'll never understand this if you're not us so i mean just stay in your lane and just don't oppress us so it's really hard to understand come to terms with what they're trying to say when constantly tell you like yeah i mean i guess i guess you'll never understand it so if any group comes out saying like they've been oppressed and that's what that's how they feel i guess you're just gonna have to take it and to be fair i've i've seen a lot of posts going around saying you know like it's not really fair to compare oppression i don't think it is yeah yeah i mean you might not be as oppressed you might feel like you're not as oppressed but then i mean you're both feeling oppressed so i mean uh, i guess that makes sense but yeah i mean i i've, I've definitely seen my share of posts uh, saying like no more white women 2020 and there's like this extinction button oh, oh. <laughs> that's yeah and i mean there's no pushback because yeah uh, no matter what you say about them it's just you know they're the oppressor I mean, it's like that's what everybody it's like that Karen term right it probably falls into that category of these it's a it's a, I feel like it's racially charged you know true yeah and it's kind of racially charged I, yeah, I'm not sure if they would use that on another 
like if they're a black or Hispanic lady. Yeah. I mean, then at the same time, is it also sexually charged? Because it's, it's always a woman. Probably, yeah. <laughs> just, I'm just thinking of uh, how many people were oppressing by saying Karen. Like, yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like, yeah, everybody has to be offended. Like, you have to just tiptoe around everybody and make everything neutral. I don't know where this is going. I just feel like we're so good at labeling people, you know. Like, yeah, there's this scene on Birdman. I don't know if you've watched it with Michael Keaton. Uh, no, I don't know about Birdman. Yeah, Birdman. Isn't he a rapper? <laughs> no, not the rapper. <laughs> oh, not the rapper. Okay, I only know the the, the rapper Bird. No, there's a movie, 2014 movie with Michael Keaton called Birdman, and there's a scene on that movie where he's talking to this film critic because the movie's about him trying to make this like a play I guess and he's an actor and he says he's like humans love to label things you know like we create these tiny boxes and I'm not quoting here and we say to people that they have to fit into the box right if you're a man you have to have these certain attributes and if you're a woman the same thing if you're a black man your certain attributes that have to go with that and then people get mad or upset when people don't conform to those expectations right and i do feel like that's it's so visible today like the pushback against you know especially for me with like the lgbtq movement which is people are so enraged like you're a woman you should behave like this or you should look like this or all of that and I can understand why they want to fall into these groups where they just surround themselves like like a safe space where it's just you and people who agree with you because there's a sense in which you don't understand why everyone is getting so worked up about that and I do think that fuels identity politics because as long as everyone is you can't really see a justification for why everyone is against you then you're just gonna decide to go around those who agree with you. Yeah, and I guess that's when the echo chambers are formed. Yeah. And I, I think I can really understand that as well because it makes everything so much more digestible. It's like, you know, everybody you see, you can kind of tell where they lie. You're like, is this person for me? Like, do we respect each other? Or is somebody that's, you know, maybe misogynistic or racist or that thinks that I shouldn't exist or I shouldn't have my human rights yeah. so you can see how it could be so much easier if everybody like was in a, in a box because I mean you can easily tell who's with you and who's against you but uh, I mean we're seeing it time and time again I mean people aren't like that that's the thing but then okay we're all you're saying? Well, yeah, I was just saying we're we're all different. So, and I mean, we sometimes I guess we forget we're all human as well. Yeah, I mean, if you're, I mean, yeah, if you're if you're a white person, I guess you're you're like. You mean the ultimate oppressor? Your emotions 
yeah you're like yeah i guess those will be like the ultimate oppressors right i can i can say safely that what the people out there that um, that would rather see them die that would be white male cisgender that's that's like everyone's punching bag yeah i guess i think you've pinpointed the ultimate oppressor <laughs> there <laughs> so yeah i mean yeah sometimes we forget there there were also children once that had hopes and dreams i would like to think they were i'd like to think as humans we all start at a at a point where we're all like you know blanks slates where like the possibilities are endless and somehow somewhere along the line we get turned into who we are and i don't know i mean yeah i'm just saying we're all humans I feel like that part is what I work together. I struggle so much with that. Like thinking, you know, you think of the worst person you could imagine and you say imagine that this person was just at some point a little child, you know, with no, you know, they always talk about the Hitler whatever in time travel, right? They say if you could go back and kill baby Hitler, would you do it? And you yeah, I remember in Avengers they also Yeah. yeah. Wait, they wanted to kill baby Thanos? Yeah, yeah, exactly. I think it was... Uh, oh, yeah, was yeah. Like, Wasn't it Ant-Man? Yeah, he was telling Ant-Man, the, the black guy, who was that? War Machine? Oh, he, exactly. Yeah, yeah, War Machine. He was like... Just, he was uh, gesturing. Yeah, like, you know. Killing baby Thanos. Yeah. And then they were like, no. Yeah, so I was saying, it's that imagining that horrible person or the person who's done these horrible things and you think that at some point they're just this innocent child and you think at which point did they get so messed up and that makes it that i feel like people just want to take the easy way out and think well this group of people they're just bad you know without actually taking into consideration all of like the complexity of how no, it's not just gonna be like oh yeah all white people are oppressors because unless we're saying they're born as oppressors there has to be a certain point at which they become that way and i've always had this argument when you know they want to say all men are trash and i say most men like in a very significant way are raised by their mothers so unless you're saying that there's something in the dna of men that makes them these terrible creatures we have to contend with the fact that there might be plenty of blame to go around to share in how some men end up being so messed up because they're not growing up in a vacuum right it's not just men surrounded by men the whole time until they grow up and become these horrible creatures and that would take my cancellation (laughs) yeah you just wait for it few decades or so they'll dig up this podcast and be like it's Rwanda that famous writer you gotta cancel that guy <laughs> yep that's inevitable but I, but I understand I think the rebuttal to that argument would be I mean the, the classic rebuttal to that argument would be it's the patriarchy so it's the way that society is set up the way men have set up society to be patriarchal way women and men are raised 
so they I, i've heard i've heard saying i've heard people saying like you know men ruin themselves because you know it's men that set up it as a patriarchy so if it like backfired on them kind oh of thing. yeah i've seen that it's like there's no there's no like orchestrated like, there's no one being or like one group of men that are saying like you know we need, we need to set up a society like this or like i feel like it was a natural progression of how like how things turned out and i don't know if there was a role that was synchronized among you know all men for them to decide all going to be like this all gonna oppress women and we're all going to be raising our men to not show emotion and be messed up it's but but i i think the argument to that would be you know still blame men as the patriarchy they set it up they did this to themselves yeah i mean it's pretty complicated because i could confidently say that the way i've been raised in this society with the way it views men and everything and all the pressures that it puts on men to be a certain way i mean i didn't choose this and there are times where i feel like yeah i, I wish i didn't have to deal with this but it's also that on the other side there are those expectations from from everyone because like i was saying i don't think there's any way we could say a certain group develops in a vacuum you know just those let's say expectations that come with men like that are associated with men like oh you're supposed to not be emotional you're supposed to be a provider and they are yes men who would say yes definitely this is what we should be and they want to raise other men to be that way but then there's also women who expect that and just i feel like to deny that is just dishonesty we all yeah, exactly. we all it's play like, a part yeah yeah we all play a part yeah as you said we we don't grow up in a vacuum we were raised by men all our lives and that's all we knew and yeah they tell you you know like don't be don't be don't be afraid to show your emotion or you know just cry when you want to and personally for me that's not really much of a problem i guess although sometimes i do feel the urge you know like sometimes i i just rationalize it be like you know i mean what's the point in crying right like i thought you're gonna say you feel the urge to cry in public oh no <laughs> why is that fun yeah i mean i would have to seriously look into my mental health if that happened but i mean uh, there are some natural occurrences in my life where i guess that make me want to cry but it's like you know what's the point i, I think i rationalize it that way and i guess it's not as yeah i can't really say because it's, it's anyways it's kind of complicated but yeah yeah they tell you not to share your mo- i mean they tell you to be more emotional and things like that but then at the same time there are women that are like you know i don't want an emotional man or something They're like yeah i need to i need a man that can like hold it down be i don't know like basically like an iron rod <laughs> like get his shit together kind of thing. yeah exactly. it's like yeah men don't have to be strong and then i'd be like yeah i want i want a strong man like 
and then it's like <laughs> it's confusing right it is because you always feel like imagine let's say you're going i don't know you're going to get married or something the woman's family is probably going to have questions like does he work what does he do you know that it's going to be instinctive to actually want to know if you will be able to provide and yeah you could say maybe it's like from a previous generation you could say for us it might be different but i don't see any evidence that it will be and they they were you know i guess given the benefit to be able to like you know pursue their careers and things like that so they were it was upon them to be providers and they were like you know they they should be providers because they were the ones that were given like the privilege to work and you know pursue their careers or something like that yeah and i think that kind of idea still stayed it's still here i mean because even up to this point like in the 21st century women still don't feel like they are given the equal opportunities though they're like you know it's you're the one that has the privilege so like you know you should be able to work you should be able to provide so it's on you not on me kind of thing could that be a thing maybe but i do feel like these days realistically speaking in most places the opportunities are i can't say more or less the same because i feel like i'll have to back that up with data or something but yeah, exactly and you don't want to be like yeah insensitive yeah exactly but yeah, who doesn't know they're oppressed <laughs> exactly that's pretty much what i would look like but yeah exactly from what i see around me especially like we're not talking about you know places where like real oppression still is still prevalent like from let's say religious basis or whatever where women are not allowed to go to school i'm i mean in countries where it's pretty much a free for all you know in most places those opportunities are more or less the same there is maybe if they because like someone could look at something like the pay gap i remember one well he was a man so one could argue against his position but francis fukuyama (laughs) he was saying if you look at how women still fight the pay gap especially at the top of like the payment hierarchy you know wage hierarchy you find that that's maybe five ten percent difference in the earnings of let's say two top level lawyers at at a top law firm in the usa the, the difference in wages would not make that much of a difference in their quality of life and for them it's it's it becomes more than about just that it's now about this dignity that they just feel like in an abstract sense they're being disrespected it's not about you know them being at a significant disadvantage in terms of the quality of life they could live but just they feel they're not being given the respect that they deserve that's that was his analysis and obviously there will be those who disagree but yeah yeah i mean for some people the 
gender pay gap is controversial for some people it's blatantly true like you know it's like you should be able to see this so i guess that's also been a point of discussion for a lot of people and yeah as you said uh, i suppose in most developed or developing countries they do get more or less you know the same <laughs> kind of opportunities so I mean, at the same time, there's also the other side where it's like, you know, there are women that say, I don't need a man. Exactly. I can take care of myself. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, if you're able to do that, well, yeah, it's, it's, it's two different sides. But yeah, definitely more than before, we're getting to a point where more women are saying, you know, like, I can take care of myself instead of man has to take care of me i think we're moving away from that i guess that's part of the empowerment they're getting from feminism yeah which is good i'm all for emancipation of any group but like i mentioned you shouldn't be dependent yeah you should be able to have the opportunities and i guess the confidence yeah to be able to you know say that Yeah, just for me, I think, like I was saying earlier, my fear is just that the more we progress down this path of increasing identity politics, it's going to make it harder for us to be able to agree on things and to come up with solutions that benefit everyone, right? If everyone is thinking, well, I want what's best for me and my group, then it will be hard to come up with actual solutions and i think it's actually if you think about it it would be easier for oppressors like they said that was tactic number one for colonialists when let's say in africa or something they would make sure that they split you up so much that you can't form an an orchestrated pushback against them because you are so divided that your base is squabbling amongst yourselves and you actually can't fight them and they are just one body whereas like i was saying the left is devolving into this little tribes that are just fighting for what's best for themselves and not for some kind of collective good yeah that's true that's true we're having these little skirmishes amongst each other instead of you know thinking about the big picture some people think identity politics is the way to go. I mean, they think maybe they can guess what a lot of things, what people do think from their views of, you know, a couple of things. Some people do acknowledge that, you know, there's identity politics in play, but they just still think, you know, it's, it's effective. Yeah. So, I'm not sure if something that change anytime soon yeah I was actually about to ask you what you think would be the way forward from here because I we find ourselves in this position where I really don't see identity politics going away the moment people have a taste for this because what I feel like happened with the internet and everything was that 
while in the past you would live in this community where maybe if you're the only if you're the only member of the lgbtq community but in your own community let's say you're a very small group it will be hard for you to find each other to like come together share your experiences and thoughts and ideas and now with the internet it's so easy for even these groups that you would have never thought would develop like i don't know like incels or you know that just a new minority and it's like new minorities are forming here and there and everywhere and you feel like this is the path that we're on i guess that's how i think yeah that's true i'm sure the internet has lots to play in i need to say politics but going forward from here uh, I, I really don't know i really don't know i mean do you think we should be putting more or less of an emphasis on on identity i think we should be putting less emphasis on it definitely because if you have two sides or like more si- more more than one side you know if we're not all trying to be humans trying to understand each other trying to make this a better place for everybody there's going to be sides there's always going to be a quarrel i can say we have to put less emphasis on it it's not i don't think it's practical i don't think it's something that will go away yeah because i feel like we're by nature very tribal protect our own ride or die for your group exactly your countrymen or your people from an ethnic from the same ethnic group we kind of want to feel the sense of community and we also have this simultaneously this sense of wanting to feel unique or special so you're like you know my group my group is special and everything you're right this side is wrong like if we're all if there were no sides i feel like we'd all try to be like what can we do how can we come to a better conclusion how can we try to understand each other and find a common ground i guess the solution is always conversation talking that's also becoming more and more hard to do without offending someone somewhere out there there will be that one person yeah worst case scenario there'll be like multiple groups of people that are like yeah how dare you say that you shouldn't have the right to work make a living or like be accepted by society for what you just said in a five second clip I mean we've gotten to that point so we also feel like victims should always be like the utmost priority to be listened to and believed and we're getting ourselves into groups little little groups that in and, in and of themselves can take offense in a certain thing so it's like everybody's gonna be offended at some point and they're gonna be a victim and we're gonna have to listen to them they're gonna have to say what we should do to make them feel more comfortable i don't know yeah it's it's confusing and the way i would see it is i still feel like identity is important because i think people struggle when 
they don't have that sense of belonging like you're saying about how we are inherently tribal i think not having firm roots i remember is it theresa may the former prime minister of the uk she said if you believe that you're a citizen of everywhere then you're a citizen of norway and that's something that's been said is the struggle that a lot of immigrants they've said the rise of um, extremism in europe is from these immigrants from the middle east who come there and they don't have a strong sense of belonging they've you could say cast off their roots but at the same time they're trying to fit in into this environment that's very very different from what they like they'll probably live with their parents and their parents are promoting let's say a more traditional conservative view from where they came from and it's conflicting with this new view of this new world that they're in so i feel like identity is still important i just think maybe we should try to make our identity groups more inclusive because yeah like you said we shouldn't be trying to compare oppression right like if we're all oppressed let's say if we're saying like one could argue let's say from the declaration of independence in the u.s was it about the bill of rights where it says um all men are created equal right but it was only men who owned i mean only white men who owned land who were allowed to vote right if you were a white man and you didn't own land you couldn't vote women couldn't vote black people couldn't vote and everyone else and all of those people could have just said you know we the black people we're gonna fight our own battle we the white world in a way that is what happened because i think black people got the vote first and then women and instead of those groups actually coming together probably it was more difficult back then but i think now if you say let's say the lgbtq community i admire how they you know people make fun of the term you know like lgbtq plus lgbtqia plus i think yeah you know people want to make fun of that but this is actually a coalition of people who feel oppressed maybe for different reasons but they still think well we can come together and fight for a collective improvement of all our situations and i think we need more of that and we need to just try to make our identity groups encompass more people maybe the biggest group that we would have right now is the nation state you know but you know nationalism gets a bad rep but that's only when it becomes extreme but i feel like it would be beneficial in some sense to creating a sense of community between larger groups because it's all it's so difficult for people to actually agree on anything or decide on what's best for everyone when they don't identify with each other if i'm looking at the next person and i don't see myself in them or i don't see a way that we could both benefit then yeah i'm never gonna support what they are trying to achieve if let's say poor white people in the usa look at poor black people and they say no we're different you know your struggles are different from our struggles probably they will be but at the end of the day it's you're all poor and you could come together and you would probably achieve more together than fighting separate battles yeah that's true and as you mentioned that's also one of the problems because as you said they keep getting fragmented and 
into the smaller and smaller group they're less and less inclusive and I think that makes it even hard to see somebody else in another group so like identify with them because you know they're you're in two different groups yeah so it's like you know it makes it harder to agree the thing about the streamings that come was it to, to Europe right? yeah that that feel like they don't belong yeah I mean so ideally if everybody was a citizen of nowhere then do you think it would be like chill because nobody's thinking you know I'm my people this and this superior you wouldn't be able to say that because like yeah. you don't really have that you know that connection to your ancestors or something and I feel like that seen or I've read somewhere that that connection to your roots is also very essential yeah for a sense of identity yeah there would definitely be people on all groups that are gonna take it to the extreme they're gonna be like yeah we're better than you because you're not in this group whether it's like ethnic ethnic stuff or racial stuff politics there will always be extremes yeah I think that's inevitable yeah I just I feel like a way forward is just being more open to conversations you know because I feel like the more people you actually speak to the more you might realize that people don't fall neatly into these little boxes and even just being able to understand what they're fighting for because I've seen this reflexive pushback when you know people arrange themselves into these little groups and then people push back against that they say well why do you want to be in this group why don't you just be like everyone else and sometimes you forget that you know these are people that beyond that little point of disagreement there's still people that you know and probably care about and if you recognize them as a human being or as being part of a, a broader group that's why i was saying maybe we need to make our identity groups more inclusive if we both recognize that let's say we're from the same country and a lot of our struggles are the same even if let's say you're lgbtq or like a feminist i would still identify with you enough to support your cause because at the end of the day i feel like we're part of the same group and what benefits you benefits our group and i don't think that would be possible if it's just you know we're this little group and we want what's good for us and everyone else if you don't agree with that or if you have a different opinion on that then you're the oppressor you know you're trying to keep us down i think we're just better off maybe being open to the idea that we're part of the same broad group like if you make it as broad as possible we're all humans you know we're just together here on this little planet and yeah exactly yeah we're all each other's god people can disagree it's just you can be not enemies like you can be on different sides but not enemies 
Yeah, and I think that's what identity politics has kind of ripped away from people. It's that ability to communicate with the other side without thinking that they're against you. Not being even open to conversation because you think you got the you got the other person all figured out. You know what they're thinking. Yeah. Because they identify to a certain group. So I think assuming that maybe you don't know what they're thinking maybe you don't know their lived experiences or maybe you just don't know what they stand for just because they identify with a certain group and being able to listen and have a conversation i think that will definitely go a long way especially these days where a lot of things are really polarizing i think the only way to get past it is more and more conversation trying to understand each other assuming that maybe there's something we don't know that the other person has to say yeah i think that would be a a really good way to go forward and that brings us to the end of all part of this discussion i very much agree with sam that we need to be more open to conversing and understanding each other We must resist this instinctive urge to want to oppose the other if we are to have any chance of saving public discourse. We really do hope that this conversation has been enjoyable and thought-provoking. Feel free to get in touch with us through our Instagram and Twitter to share your thoughts and opinions with us and other listeners. You can also help the show by leaving a rating on iTunes or Apple Podcasts. It helps us reach a bigger audience. Thank you so much for listening, and we'll catch you in the next one.